This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that forgot jennifer love hewitt was a thing at one point she sure was it was jarring and confusing to see her and this is like adult jennifer love hewitt yeah jennifer love hewitt that we will never ever get again exactly not that she's like gone or she didn't die did she this, this mortal coil but <laughs> it's because she's forgotten about you better hope she doesn't die next week Oh, God, we did it again. (laughs) We got to stop talking about living people, like their past tense. In surprise that they're still alive? Dustin Diamond is still holding a grudge against us, Well, I think, in the afterlife. Yeah, he and Roger Ebert get together and talk about it all the time. (laughs) Right. Uh, The other voice you heard, Ginger's called Dave Novak. Hi, Dave. Welcome, welcome. Ahoy, hoy. Bunch (laughs) of super jerks. That's what you guys are. Dave is back. He is back, and I'm happy he's back, because there seems to be like a running theme with him with cat movies. <laughs> yeah, really? At this point, which is good. <laughs> totally unintentional. I don't know what happened. I was on Forrest Gump. I was on Back to the Future. I was on Spider-Man Suburban Man Commando. 2, Suburban Commando. Yeah. And for some reason, the last two I get, Catwoman and now Garfield. What did I do wrong? <laughs> is it the emails? It's the emails. Let's, it's the emails. It's the emails. Let's not okay. forget about Spawn. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. Oh, God. The worst, the worst. All right, fair. I have it coming. Today we are talking about the 2004 feature film <laughs> directed by, let me read his name, famous director Peter Hewitt. No relation. It is Garfield, the movie. Because of course it is. Because of course. It sure is. It's funny you say famous director Peter Hewitt because, I mean, he's done some, like a couple things. He did Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> God. <laughs> and then he followed it up with the uh, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas classic, Tom and Huck. Of course. The, Ooh. the Borrowers. And then I just, the only reason I'm naming these is so I can get to this one. He did a movie called Thunderpants. This is number one on IMDb. The actual synopsis for Thunderpants is a 2002 family comedy film about a boy whose incredible capacity for flatulence gets him a job as an astronaut. <laughs> okay. Really? And then he went and did Zoom. Oh, my. Yeah. I was going to say. We've talked about Zoom. him before. And I forgot. That's how famous he is, is that I forgot how famous he yeah, was. Yeah, famous director Peter Hewitt. <laughs> have you guys ever seen this before? If I had, it wouldn't have made the Ebert list. Oh, boy. I had not. <laughs> but I will tell you this. When I saw that it was a 2004 movie, my first thought was, oh, mid-aughts? I have a feeling that Breck and Meyer is going to be in this. And guess what? <laughs> Breck and Meyer. First Fresh lane. off a road trip. Uh, Breck and Meyer. <laughs> good old Breck and Meyer. Just, just one of the signs that this is an aughts movie. The reaction that you had for Jennifer Love Hewitt was the one I had for Breck and Meyer. Oh, he, he still exists. You just want to get into this thing? There's not much. There is, is not a whole neat. lot to digest, which is... yeah. Uh, a cool 80 to 85 minutes, depending on where you look up the runtime. I have no idea what it is still, and I watched it's, it. 
Disney Plus listed it as 82. Uh, Amazon, Amazon added had it as 80. Yeah, I think Wikipedia had it at 85. So It's a mess. Peter Hewitt, his signature mark as a director, is just <laughs> fucking with you and how long a movie actually is. Wait, serious question, though, before we go on any further. It, it, this is going to be released on a Monday, right? Unfortunately, yes. It will be released on a Monday. I hate Mondays. Ugh. I want to, like, old yeller you in real life. I'm just mad that he took one of my opening jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is such a good writer. That's where he was going to go first. <laughs> Get it out of the way. <laughs> and you might as well because this movie did. It sure did. Garfield, distractingly voiced by Bill fucking Murray. That's the right way to put it. He wakes up one morning while the Bahaman B track plays. You know, the way everybody wakes up. And it's a Monday morning. Garfield hates Mondays. Yes. Yep. Yes, he does. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't work. It's the day that John goes away for work. He maybe. doesn't, though. He doesn't I don't go think away. he works. He never but goes John doesn't away. go away. That's what right. What does and John do? I'm unsure, I but John know. has so many pictures of this fucking cat. This he CGI sure fucking cat yeah. on his wall. <laughs> and the camera like pans like Back to the Future opening style of like, oh, you get like this character from Back to the Future of Doc Brown and his kooky devices and whatnot. But in this, you just get to see Brecken Meyer holding air. That they inserted a cat into. And the look on his face holding this stupid looking fucking cat the whole time is he loves something more than anything deserves to be loved in life. Nobody has ever loved anything more than this idiot loves his cat. I wrote that this guy is either a fucking dork or a serial killer. One or the other. (laughs) And it might be both. We'll get there, weirdly, I think. I think we might. John Arbuckle, we already said. Brecken Meyer. (laughs) He's here. And he's still fast asleep. <laughs> he is. So we see the impossibly poorly CGI'd cat wander around the room, which has been painstakingly set up to react to the non-existent cat in a series of pretty impressive shots that might trick you into thinking this movie's going to be fun. I feel like this is a big old Spaceballs moment of, fooled you. <laughs> exactly. This opening scene, there's like stuff moving where there's not a real cat. So I'm like, hey, they, they tried. Look at them. Gold star. <laughs> But once you see the cat, like, I can't even imagine this movie getting released any time around this time period, like modern times here, 2020, 2021. Right. Just because of the backlash that hit with Sonic the Hedgehog, I can't possibly fathom what it would have been like for Garfield. Oh, yeah. If this was, like, in Twitter's heyday, this movie would have gotten- Oh, forget it. Destroyed before it even came out. Well, it was was pre-Twitter heyday and it got destroyed, but still, for other reasons- (laughs) Was it before it came out? I don't know, but we'll get there. Before, during, and after. So Garfield pulls the classic switcheroo with his liver-flavored cat food and John's corned beef hash. Oh, oh this guy. Oh. <laughs> he's got jokes. He's he's a dick. He's kind of a dick throughout this whole movie, right? Like <laughs> he's 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 a he's dick. a jerk off. Absolutely. Yeah. Was he always a jerk off in the comics? I just thought he just he yearned for lasagna. He's like a lovable jerk-off. Exactly. Here but he's this is just like a jerk-off. Jerk yeah, this is like psychotic behavior by a cat who kind of looks like Wilfred Brimley. This <laughs> sounds I was going like... to say he looks like Wilfred Oh my God, yes. He absolutely does. I think the part that blows my mind the most is that this cat sounds like he's just absolutely fucking miserable the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's a man recording dialogue <laughs> in a New York City apartment and also on the set of The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou in Greece. Yep. Yep, that's that's what exactly like. what it like sounds Bill like to Murray me, too. Didn't even bother yeah. going into a, a booth to do it. He just did it wherever the hell he wanted to. Just wild lines everywhere. 
Well, I read that while he was he was recording these lines, he was actually saying things like, that's the line? I can't say that. And then he was trying to like improv lines that still made sense to what was already shot for like the entire movie. I'm surprised at that, though, because of the writer on this thing. Joel Cohen's legit. I've seen Fargo. <laughs> I've seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, I see what no. you're doing. I see what mm. you're doing. Uh-oh. Dave, I got bad news for you. So Bill Murray has claimed many a time that he took this job because he saw Joel Cohen's name attached to it. And he really wanted to work with the Cohen brothers. Yep. Turned out it's different Joel Cohen. It's a completely different Joel Cohen. And also, someone else has called bullshit on this story. <laughs> that he said, yeah, it's a fun story, but he fully knew what he was getting into. But it kind of gave him the out in a fun Bill Murray type of way. It's true. Bill Murray's got a lot of those fun stories flowing around the internet. And we'll get there. Ooh. Well, I can't wait. And can we just get one thing out of the way? Because this bothered me the whole movie. Dave, I'm sure it bothered you. Brian, I, I know it bothered you. Everybody that's listening, I know it bothered them. This cat has no butthole. And I know that because I paused <laughs> the movie. I looked took screenshots. I, I, I upscaled it. I examined things. This cat has no and butthole. Hence. All the other animals have buttholes. I looked. I saw. Odie has a butthole. <laughs> Uh, the other, uh, whatever the fuck they are, pets, they all have buttholes. Garfield, no butthole. Breckenmeyer has a, a butthole. They shots of his ass, but there's no butthole. This is like the weirdest Starro callback from Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's so strangely placed. It really is. <laughs> they should have called this movie Project Starfish. <laughs> should have. <laughs> so now that Garfield's tricked John into eating cat food, he's going to go around the neighborhood and trick more people. He tricks Nermal, who's voiced by David Eigenberg into playing astronaut so he can steal milk complete with the whole got milk line he, he says it he looks right at the camera yep. and says got milk that's your first bit of product placement that you're going to get in this movie it sure won't be the last oh far from it then he sees a pie out in a neighbor's window so he tricks a doberman pincher named luca played by brad garrett into tangling his leash so he can steal the pie and uh i did not know it was brad garrett at first because he didn't say raymond <laughs> <laughs> contractually obligated to start every phrase with Raymond. Exactly. Back of the house, John spots a mouse and he's like, hey, Garfield, you need to take care of this? And Garfield's like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> what makes you think he's going to take care of this? Your cat's a piece of shit. He's the laziest cat in the world. It's been documented throughout newspapers for decades. Since 1978, right? Yeah. You think he's going to chase a mouse? So Garfield goes outside, catches up to the mouse, whose name is Lewis. It's played by Nick Cannon. He tells him to lay low, get out of town for a while. And then he pretends to eat him. So John gets all, all the way off his back. I like how he says, like, I'm going to have to eat you now. The mouse is in his mouth. He sucks up the tail. But it's like, what kind of arrangement is this? I don't know. I guess he's got to act like he's catching mice. So John doesn't get mad. And also, he doesn't want to. So he lets the mouse run around. But I don't know. It's a very weird arrangement. whole dynamic of this town which I do not know what it is. It's so strange. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Meanwhile, at Telegraph Tower, Happy Chapman, played by character actor Steven Tobolowski. Oh, he gets the fucking, that's the only one. Does he, though? Not in this movie. Does <sighs> but every other time. Every other movie, yes. Every other movie. <laughs> He's so good, they put him in two roles in this thing. And they even sure then, he did. didn't get the fucking. <laughs> Wait, he was in a second role? He played his twin brother. <gasps> the anchorman on the news. I, the guy who looked just like him. I, I, I did not put that together. I just thought the it was the guy that looked like him. The hair threw him off. I swear to God, I just thought it was the guy <laughs> that looked like him. Happy Chapman is the star of a Saturday morning show, and he's sick of all the cats. Literally. 
Because he has allergies, guys. Because he has cat allergies. He's allergic to cats, but he works with cats. Oh, oh wow. Man. What character development? What he really wants is a dog co-star. Just go get a fucking dog co-star. I feel like it's that easy. <laughs> Doesn't seem that difficult. I will tell you what, though. I appreciate every other movie that y- y- we watch or you guys watch for this. Like, the stakes are like... You know, we have to save the world. We have to save the universe. Half of humanity has been snapped away. <laughs> this movie is just a guy who doesn't want to go through, like, the proper process to adopt a dog. Like, I, I can appreciate <laughs> that it's more of, like, a, a, a battle over laziness than anything else. It's not even that, though, because this movie proves you don't even need, like, paperwork. All you need is a hot girl vet to give you a dog, and that's good enough. Speaking of which. And we'll get there. We are getting but, like, there. He, there's no proper way to get a fucking dog he just chooses not to it's like i can't believe that there's a movie in this world where steven tobolowski phoned it in <laughs> i never thought i'd see the day yeah i'm a little heartbroken john comes home with some food he bought at the store and you're not gonna believe what garfield's done he's eaten all the lasagna oh, oh man. man i like how the way they put this out there he's like i got some pasta i got some beef i got some like ricotta cheese they like listed all the ingredients for lasagna it's like we know what you're doing here, movie. Yeah. And then he pulls frozen lasagna out of the bag. Yep. <laughs> John brings Garfield to the vet because he's obsessed with Dr. Liz, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Who can blame him? I mean, this brought back a lot of feelings. I'm not going to disagree. Me either. She looked perfect. Okay. And I was, now you can leave. Okay. I was feline fine. I, oh, yep, no. Here it is. Okay, yeah, get them all, all out of your cat, system. Unto Go ahead. Catwoman are coming right back. This movie is a catastrophe. Oh, ah. boy. cat a Cataboy. It wasn't even a good one. No. That's <laughs> what it got me. It That's e- embarrassing. It, it wasn't even a pun. It was a misspeak. <laughs> Uh, it's so hard to talk about movies like this. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I thrive in this. Oh, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> whatever you have to tell yourself. Whatever gets you out of the bed in the morning without a, a giant CGI cat jumping on you uh, across the room. Cannonball. I like that here uh, Dr. Liz is like, hey, I want to talk to you in private when they're the only two people in the room with a CGI cat. <laughs> I like how she says, I have to ask you something I wouldn't ask any of my other male patients. <laughs> like, that is oddly misleading. Specific. There. <laughs> yeah, she had me going, I'll tell you that. So while Garfield is being pampered, John tries to ask out Liz, but instead accidentally adopts a dog, as you do. As you do. And the line she says is, quote, he's not going to make it if he lives his life in a cage. He needs to be loved. I then hi- love him, I hi- Doc. I highlighted that because that spoke to me. This movie had a line <laughs> it's that so made deep. me go, oh, I felt that. I'm so glad that the character that you can relate to in Garfield the movie is Odie. Odie, who, by the way, is a cute dog. <laughs> a cute dog. A great the dog. The only animal in the movie who doesn't talk. A dog that a vet didn't even feel like caring for. Oh, yep. And he has a he has a butthole, unlike Garfield. So <laughs> he does in fact have he a butthole. checks all your boxes. A thousand percent I guess. confirmed. Yep. Cute butthole. Done. Uh, that a was cute butthole. By, wait, wait, no, no. Cute. Cute. <laughs> Spacing is important. C- cute. When speaking. <laughs> cute. Period. No, not cute. Period. Just go. Just go. <laughs> nope. This is too much fun. I want to live in this for a moment. <laughs> 
All right, cute colon, but no, god damn it. Uh, just, no more punctuation. You know I'm I'm kind of happy they didn't have a butthole on Garfield because you know that if some idiot had drawn in that butthole, they have a butthole specialist who they would have brought in to draw this butthole just over and over and over again. Uh-huh. There would have been a litter box scene. Oh my god. Oh absolutely. yeah, and if I'm there's so a butthole, happy you have to have a litter box scene. We did not get there. That's Chekhov's butthole. Cannot have a Chekhov's butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you show a butthole in the first act, it's got to go off in the third. <laughs> and with all that lasagna to it, would have been like, ugh. Well, he doesn't need a butthole because he's so backed up. <laughs> so what you're suggesting is that he's not fat. He's just very backed up. He's so full <laughs> of cheese, mostly. Garfield comes out of the vet's office and he sees Odie in the car. And uh, he's not too happy about that. He's like, hey, John, there's a dog in your car. And meanwhile, he's talking to Liz. And Liz asks him out because I don't know why. <laughs> Here we are. It's this the is the same movie. reason Breck and Meyer got Amy Smart and Road Trip. The world may never know. Because it was in the script. That's right. Garfield is none too pleased to have a dog running amok in the house, sitting in his chair, getting the paper, sleeping beside John. Garfield's not even allowed to sleep in the bed. Garfield's got his own, like, king bed. Why does he want to sleep in the bed? I'm not even know. convinced he likes John. I'm also not convinced. <laughs> Odie even insists on trying to dance with Garfield to the Black Eyed Peas, Hey Mama. Oh, I have a quick story about this. Oh, Ooh. boy. So I heard the music playing, and this is typically the part where I was going to pull the music for this show and use it as an audio joke, and we can have a little audible dance party. <laughs> I went on Shazam, because I don't know Black Eyed Peas songs. And I could not find the song on Shazam because Bill Murray wouldn't shut up long enough for Shazam to even figure out the song. Oh, that's amazing. That's a shame. And I feel like that is so apropos of this whole movie that Bill Murray just <laughs> will not shut up. I, for not for one second while watching this movie, could not picture just Bill Murray in a booth talking. This happened to be recording that day? At no point did I ever except the voice of Bill Murray in this cat. I think that's pretty fair. They were always two separate things the entire movie. By the way, if you had any question as to whether or not this is a bad movie, the appearance of the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> should remove all doubt. It should. I agree completely. I don't know if there's a good movie that stars the Black Eyed Peas. And yes, I consider them starring in this movie because there's about seven <laughs> people who live in this town. It's a cul-de-sac. They openly keep referring to the cul-de-sac. And it's not a cul-de-sac. It's not. It's a road. I believe it's pronounced Road, but yes, it's not a cul-de-sac. <laughs> I have a lot more about this town. Once we get to the fact that they go to a park dressed up in suits. We'll get there. Oh, we will get there. <laughs> we will absolutely get there. So Liz shows up, and she, John, and Odie are going to a dog show. So obviously, Garfield's going to chase after them because all of the neighborhood cats are like, hey, I think he likes that dog more than you. I mean, John openly says, like, finally, I have a pet that'll play with me. He does say that. But this this is a date, right? This is a first date. I think it's a first date. One would assume right? that, I guess, because she asked him out, and then he's like, wait, did you just ask me out? And then she smiled as she walked inside. I think that means yes. And I usually bring stray dogs on first dates. For sure, especially if they were uh, given to me by the person I'm going on the date with. Right, who doesn't want to take care of this thing and no, says, exactly. you watch it die. They treat it like flowers. Here, So you instead of someone this. gifting them flowers, like on Valentine's Day, like I hear... Just soak it in water for 10 days and throw it in the garbage. These were $40. Here's a living being that nobody wants. He's going to die in a cage if you don't take him. (laughs) I like him to die in a house. Thank you. Yes. 
because I'm not going to do anything about him. I'll hang out with you while you take care of him, but I don't want to take care of him. <laughs> right. I'm just more perplexed. Who goes to a dog show on a first date? Who goes to the dog show with a dog that's not Who part of said show? That's, that's a dog. great question. That's true. And what kind of cat chases down a car? And yeah, that for... segues me into this actual IMDb trivia fact. Oh. The license plate on Liz's pickup is Pet Doc. Cool. The more you know. Do vets have to take the Hippocratic Oath for like animals? <laughs> and is there like a certain point where they just eventually just like, this dog has got worms on worms on worms. Uh, give him to Breckenmeyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he asks, we're not allowed to tell him what's wrong with the dog. No, don't. It's just This is a, a dog that just wants to watch careers die. So Breckenmeyer's the perfect owner for him. Do you know how like doctors are not allowed to like date their patients? <laughs> yes, this is weird for a vet, but yes. Are are vets not allowed to fuck pets either or no? I'd imagine it's pretty frowned upon. That's yeah. uh, that's a no. It's go, probably right? not explicitly <laughs> stated, but but there's definitely like an unwritten rule. Even if they're dead. I don't know. You're getting into a gray area there. It's gray at the very least. Yeah. I have a lot of speaking of gray, a lot of hamsters. Yeah. That are just they're used. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that mean they lived if they're used? I'm <laughs> they uncomfortable. They lived a life. <laughs> they I lived like, a it's life. It's like once it comes out of the vagina, it loses 20% of that value right away. It's, no. like, a, yep. it's like a car. They all died doing what I love. <laughs> Thank you for thinking they were coming out of a vagina, Dave. I don't think that's at all what you were implying. <laughs> All this right. explains why you never sit down. You don't want to like <laughs> clog their exit just in case. Oh, no. I mean, that's like a torture. Then they go the other way. Then they're trying to come up, and then you get a hairball in your mouth. Garfield's rated PG, everybody. Sure is, despite all this happening in the movie. Oh, yeah. All right. I was just as surprised as you are. <laughs> and as surprised as those hamsters were. At the dog show. Garfield unwittingly stumbles right into the competition area where all the best-behaved dogs of town start chasing him. It's not even he stumbles in. There's like a tarp in the middle of the dog show that they're all gathered around like it's a weird canine cult. (laughs) One of us. Like, I don't know. Like, how does this work? How are they judging this where you can't like step on the tarp in the middle? I don't know. It's so strange. It's very weird. I don't it's think... It's like it's done by someone who has never been to a dog show. I was going to say, I don't think Peter Hewitt's ever been to a dog show. He thinks people bring their dogs. <laughs> that's not what it means, Peter. You have to show your dogs, the other dogs. That's, what it, that's why it's called the dog show. Here he is! Do I win? <laughs> oh, you're confusing it with a dog show and tell. Here's my dying dog that my vet didn't want to take care of, so she gifted it to me, and I will sleep with her because this isn't sociopathic at all. <laughs> isn't in the comics like John is is not lucky in love at all? Like he's he's just a big old loser. Yeah, which somehow has more charm than Breck and Meyer. Go figure. <laughs> While these dogs are chasing Garfield, naturally, Hey Mama comes on the radio on the the speakers at the dog show. Because everybody knows there's only one song in the world. <laughs> that my Shazam couldn't pick up because Bill Murray wouldn't shut the fuck up. Naturally, Odie, he's going he's gonna to leap out of John's hands and dance for everybody because the Black Eyed Peas are playing again. And everybody in this audience looks like they've never seen this done before. It's just a dog just hopping. A dog 
hopping around. They lose their fucking minds because a dog is jumping up and down. This is what what cult town is this where this is entertainment? It's so weird. Unless it's like a Make-A-Wish where everyone's just like, oh, that dog, so brave. That vet in our town didn't want to keep it because it was going to die and they gifted it. And now we can jump. Oh, it's a miracle. Mommy, is that the dying dog? Is he jumping now? (laughs) I can see like Liz in the corner like, everybody clap. Oh, John Cena's here too. John Cena, come shake the dog's hand. This is perfect. (laughs) We're checking off all of our Make-A-Wish stuff. Kids, if you ever get a visit from John Cena. <laughs> you should be upset that you didn't get the jumping dog. Yeah, I'd be very upset. Yeah. That dog jumps up and down for like two minutes. To only one song, though. It has to be Hey Mama. I just like saying Hey Mama. Garfield manages to escape the other dogs chasing him, mostly by jumping up the dress of a lady so they didn't have to animate him for, for a little while. Yep. I like how he says he's going to go hide in her moo. In her moo. And this lady runs away. With a cat and her moo moo. Yes. When there's no cat. No. There's nothing. There's just a lady being chased by dogs. I have to imagine like Bob Zemeckis is sitting there watching this movie and he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I did Roger Rabbit like 16 years before this. How are you messing it up this badly? I literally That's gave you call. the blueprint to how to do this. Odie is rewarded by Happy Chapman, who happens to be one of the judges at the dog show. And he's like, wow, you got a swell dog here. He could have a future in television. And John is like, no, thanks. No, thanks. He's going to die soon. (laughs) One of the other judges gave him to me because she didn't want to help him. So now, I don't know. I don't want to put him on TV. No, she wasn't a judge. Liz is not a judge. She was one of the judges, yeah. Which Really? Which makes even more questions about how legitimate this dog show could possibly be. I can't believe this is rigged after all this time. After all this time. So after the dog show, John and Liz plan a dinner date for Sunday. Well, I like how Breckenmeyer's like, hey, you want to come inside? She's like, no. Breckenmeyer's <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably the right answer. You're right. Okay, I'm an idiot. Bye forever. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. Just, just not today. We'll do it Sunday. I'll come inside on Sunday. It's like, okay. That's a weird way to set up a date. I'll come inside. I mean, he might be, again, a serial killer, so she's using her discretion. No, well, we are going to get there on Sunday. I cannot wait for Sunday. <laughs> Sunday's going to be very exciting. Sunday. I feel like I'm at a goddamn raceway of Sunday, 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 <laughs> because it's going to be amazing when Sunday happens. Is Gravedigger going to be there? <laughs> Maybe if Odie kicks it finally. <laughs> oh, but what about Bigfoot? Remember the Bigfoot pizza? That was a big pizza. That was a big pizza. That was a big pizza. And you know what? Still not enough pizza for me. You could not eat a full Bigfoot by yourself. Excuse me. I can eat Shenanigans. an entire Bigfoot Shenanigans. by myself. I mean, all right. So maybe not the whole thing. That's it. Okay. So <laughs> maybe, all right. So like maybe it would like take a couple days, but. <laughs> You're saying over time, I could eat an entire Bigfoot. If you give me a Bigfoot guys, pizza in a week, I could eat the whole thing. Is that I, the ginger skull, with enough time, energy, and money, could eat a large piece of pizza that hasn't been produced since 1995. <laughs> I can do that. Why do you need money to do this? You have it already. You just Somebody's got to order the pizza. Then, oh, well, hold on. So this hold is on. your weird way of getting nostalgia pizza. I want that and Crystal Pepsi and my Nintendo 64. <laughs> and also, I want to live I want to pre- feel that Bigfoot pizza on my burned out palm while I play Mario Party. It'd be great. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. In a world where I never heard of Afghanistan or 9-11, I want that, Dave. <laughs> Take and me you back. both can bring that to me. Does it have to be your N64 or can it just be a N64? 
Um, it's a trick question, Brian. Any Nintendo 64 that I touch becomes my Nintendo 64. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, then I, I will not good. bring my N64. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. You're sitting there in 1995. You got yeah. your Bigfoot pizza. You got your N64. Uh-huh. And someone tells you, I got some good news for you. You know that funny orange cat? Garfield and Friends. The one from the newspapers? There's going to be a feature film with Bill Murray as his voice. Oh, hell yes. In nine years. How you feeling? That sounds exciting. Eight-year-old me? Oh, my God. I'm shitting my pants over that. I'm happy. I'm a big... Gar- <laughs> I'm a- Back then and now, Garfield and Friends, very good cartoon. Absolutely. I'm throwing I that out absolutely there. absolutely agree. 100%. And I'm happy you could shit your pants. That's the benefit of a butthole. That's good. <laughs> See? It always came on either right before or right after uh, Muppet Babies. Oh, another good show. Yeah. They didn't have buttholes either. That <laughs> we know of. I Well, hold on. They wore diapers, right? And the implication of the diaper is that there's a butthole there. I don't know if it's an implication of a butthole. It's at least the implication. The defining characteristic of, of a cracker is that you put cheese on it. <laughs> We're going back to that, huh? <laughs> I can't believe there's an Armageddon joke in here. <laughs> oh. Go visit our Patreon. Oh, man. I was going to say, the defining characteristic of a diaper does not infer that there's a butthole. It infers that there is a hole for waste to go out of. It doesn't matter what that hole might be, mm-hmm. but at least uh, a liquid or a solid is able to pass through. It implies a waste hole, not necessarily a butthole. Right. Okay, so you're saying, all right, because it's a bold assumption. Who that, knows what the uh, bottom half babies. of Gonzo looks like? Yeah, they're <laughs> terrified of it. <laughs> but we do know that they have some sort of level of incontinence where they are not trusted to use a toilet. Well, they're babies by name. Muppet babies. Exactly. Yeah, so they're incontinent. They, they, don't, they don't know how to use a toilet. I suppose that's true. I'm glad we've gotten to that point. I mean, we know as much about the <laughs> Muppet Baby's buttholes as we do about what Nanny's face looks like. That's true. Oh, man. By the way, how many foot fetishes do you think the Nanny started? <laughs> the Nanny or Nanny? <laughs> we have what? Dresser? Big difference. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we're going? Both. <laughs> oh, I miss well, I can't even imagine that, though. Oh, You're just what? sitting there. The lights are out. You got like the roses everywhere, rose petals just <laughs> scattered about. There's something Jewish in the corner because Fran Drescher's in the room. Is that a Peter Griffin laugh? Might have been actually. I'm not the best at impressions. So basically, Seth MacFarlane doesn't even know he has that impression under his belt. He just chooses not to use it and make everything sound like Peter. You know what? Uh, let's do a little bit of research here. Uh, listeners of the Cave Podcasters, if you guys have ever developed a fetish based off Nanny from Muppet Babies or the <laughs> Nanny starring Fran Drescher, right into the show. Uh, I'll tell you what, when my girl pulls out those green striped stockings, oh boy. Oh, forget it. <laughs> oh, I, It's got to be somewhere on the internet. There's a Rugrats porn. Um, nope. Parody. So That's there, not okay. Yeah. No, it is not okay. Also babies. The Golden Girls porn parody was very okay, though. For what it's worth, I looked up Garfield porn parodies. That's just what I do now. Yeah, Ugh. that checks out. And there isn't one. But the only article that I got out of this was that while he was preparing for The Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield watched the Spider-Man XXX porn parody multiple times. Good for him. <laughs> he wants to make sure he's not treading territory that's already been covered. I guess so. He said, I watched it a few times. I watched it more from an inspirational standpoint than from a sexual standpoint, which means he's doing it wrong. (laughs) Then he says, I think you could find inspiration from anywhere when it comes to this character because it's everyone's. It belongs to everyone. And that just makes me think that he took the web slinger 
to the next level, the level that Tobey Maguire was always afraid of. I don't know that I can ever watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies the same way again. Knowing that his dirty eyes have seen that now? Knowing that they were part of his inspiration for his character. I mean, the way those movies got received, are you surprised? <laughs> Tobey Maguire, who's that? Who do you fuck? <laughs> On film. Speaking of Garfield porn parodies, you're right, there aren't any. I didn't look, but what I did look for <laughs> earlier... <laughs> Am I the only one that's not Googling Garfield porn tonight? I didn't I didn't Google Garfield porn, but I did come across somebody who all right, let me just I'm sure you did. Keaton Patty, friend of the show. <laughs> sure. Well we we don't have a Cape Podcasters Theater this week, but I did find a tweet of his. You know the um what's your rap name? It's it's young plus the last thing you spent money on. Well Keaton Patty tweets young Garfield porn. That's his rap name. <laughs> It. Yeah. So I want to see your Odie face. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Oh, my God. I'm not mad at that one. Why don't you come into the bedroom and I'll R buckle you down? Uh, that one's more of a stretch, but I'm that. still on board. This is a raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a raunchy recap of a PG movie. Well, we did the we did the PG version of Deadpool, so it's only <laughs> it's like yeah. we're due to do an already version of we a need to film. balance out the the universe and the fucked up thing is that in about five minutes this movie nearly made me cry this afternoon well i guess we really? can get back into i know what it's gonna be i, 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 yep, know I also yep. i know where you're headed with this and i agree garfield is angry because Odie's getting all this attention so he smacks a ball and that starts a whole rube goldberg machine of destruction leaving the house in shambles which I like, actually. It it's the part of the movie I like. Pretty it neat. looked pretty good. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because the cat's not involved. He's just standing in the middle of the room, and all the stuff is happening around him. Right. Even though Bill Murray's going, I love just picturing him on the set of The Life Aquatic, just making these noises into, into like a, a microphone somewhere while everybody's just walking around. <laughs> like, what is he doing? He's like, oh, he's recording for Garfield. Ah! Wes Anderson's probably like, no, that checks out. Yeah, right. So Garfield gets in trouble. He gets kicked out as punishment, and he watches through the window as John just loves all over Odie. He's in a new dog state of mind. God, I hate this so much. Oh, how much do you hate it? Because I have an actual IMDb trivia fact about it. The song New Dog State of Mind that Garfield sings in the movie is based on the song New York State of Mind by Billy Joel. Oh, my God. Now, what's great about that is I can imagine writer Joel Cohen in this going, there's another one? A Joel, another Joel Cohen? Yeah? <laughs> All right, well, watch this. Other Joel Cohen, whoever you might be. Dog. What rhymes with dog? York. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Let's get this song going, baby. It could have been New Yorky State of Mind. So much better! <laughs> oh, my God. So good. But Odie's not a Yorkie. So This movie doesn't care. It doesn't. It's true because he's supposed to be a beagle with a tongue the size <laughs> right. of his body. So Garfield has to sleep on the porch and Odie comes out to comfort him and it's so sweet. And he like snuggles with him. It's great. Garfield is touched, but then he immediately hops inside and locks the doggy door and, and Odie's locked out. Right. Because Garfield's a dick. Because he is. It's true. Arlene, one of the neighborhood cats who's voiced by Deborah Messing, tells Nermal that Garfield is a pig because he let Odie out, and everybody knows that a dog that's left out is going to run away. So then Odie runs away. That's it. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to watch emotionally. When he's walking through the street? That, no, that includes Forrest Gump like crying over like seven graves. <laughs> but the reason I didn't even 
get a little bit emotional in this because, yeah, you see this dog running through this town, mm-hmm. running down the center of the street, chasing just whatever he can find. And I'm thinking here from a production standpoint that there are just idiot PAs surrounding this town, locking up traffic, stopping all flow of everything just so this dog can run through <laughs> so in a Garfield movie. <laughs> like the amount of resources that got wasted just for this scene in this movie. It's amazing. All for Odie to run through town. <laughs> he ends up on the porch of a sweet old lady. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here in this movie, in this one point and nowhere else, Christoph Beck is doing his yeah, thing. Yeah, he does a good job. And in this scene, he does. So the old lady opens the door, lets the dog in, says, oh, are you lost? Now you're mine. Ha ha ha. No, uh, she just she brings him inside because she's not a monster. The next morning. John finds out Odie is missing, and he puts up posters around town. Just immediately, he's like, all right, let's paper the town. We got to find this dog. I like how he's, like, putting up all these flyers. And the old lady who has now got Odie, she put up flyers as well. Found dog. But I like how they just never crossed anywhere because, you know, that would resolve this film. It's a giant town. You gotta, you can't have two <laughs> characters in this town of seven people crossing each other. Can't do it. The whole charade falls apart then. Exactly. We're only in act two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, Dave, I agree. The movie fell apart <laughs> because these two people did not meet. That's where it really fell apart. Everything you could have else- had a whole the whole thing. Well, I understand why they didn't do yeah. it because they're trying to get this whole love thing going with John and Liz. Right. And they got to keep it going, and they didn't want to have like this meet cute with John and Mrs. Becker. It could have been like a whole December July romance type thing, and there's like <laughs> sparks are going to fly. We cannot have that. In this. No, yeah. people are going to get confused we need to have if we have Breck and Meyer and a good looking Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I don't know if he's all about this. I don't even know. What's, uh, what's older than a MILF? I don't know. <laughs> Gilf. Older than a cougar, even. Is it? GILF. Yeah. yeah. GILF is That's a legitimate porn up category. preferred nomenclature. Is it really? <laughs> it's, it's, did I, I usually stop at the M. I've never gotten to the M. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but G comes are, are before Are you scrolling M. from oh, the bottom? No, I'm so happy in, to know that there's a, an additional generation porn. that I could go to. This is great. Oh, wait till you get to yeah. the um, If you girls. want to start off, there is, what? like I mentioned before, a Golden Girls porn parody. Um, oh, I don't doubt that. I bet they're sassy. Yeah, well, they'll thank you for being a friend. Hey. <laughs> thank you for being a fist. What? What? <laughs> God, Jesus. <laughs> this got hot. Uh. Speaking of hot, I literally exclaimed, holy shit, when Jennifer Love Hewitt opened up that door in that red dress. Yeah. That's it. Because that's, it's that's Sunday, she's, and she's here for dinner. It is Sunday. I guess we'll call it dinner. She looks yeah. like she's not there to eat. She does not. She showed up in the red dress to come inside. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Getting some Bigfoot pizza. That's not a sexual pun. <laughs> It's just pizza. Hey, I just really want Actual a Bigfoot pizza. Bigfoot pizza. Just pizza's pizza. I was like shocked that she didn't actually bring something that had a logo on it because in the whole entire like dog show thing, the set decorator just went to Petco and just said, I'll take everything with your logo. <laughs> like Walmart has had its own spots already. Wendy's has had its Wendy's own spots already. Wendy's has been mentioned like, twice. Oh my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Olive Garden had a shout out. Red dress. J-Lo Hugh. Fire away. Oh, J-Lo Hugh. I've never heard her called that before, but I kind of love it. That's because she'd still have to have a career in order to get to the time where we shorten names Aww. to sound like she, that. She does stuff. She what does, does she stuff. Do? Without looking, look me dead in the eyes. What has she done? <laughs> she acts in She's in a car commercial. in television. She's definitely yeah. in a car commercial. She does. She's doing great. She's fine. <laughs> She's fine. 
don't, you know, she's stop. in one of those car commercials that you don't really know what brand it's for, but you remember that it was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, no, she was. Uh, oh no, uh, no, it's not a car commercial. I think it's for a credit card. She's doing Capital <laughs> One commercials. Oh yes, you're Capital right, One you're commercials. One hundred percent. She's still around. She's still crushing she's it. She's making that Capital One money. She's making that Sam Jackson money. I mean, it's the Sam Jackson money for one job, just not overall. That'd be ridiculous. That would be insane. So John obviously has to come clean and tell Liz that Odie's missing and he has to cancel dinner. But I like how he wasn't going to at first. He was like, you know what? Maybe we could just, just act like nothing's wrong. Did you see that dress? Liz is such a good vet that she didn't even notice that the dog that she <laughs> gifted him is Isn't... not even there yep. for minutes. And it's such like looking at pictures on a, on a mantle that he somehow reassembled after Garfield knocked it down. She is clueless about this dog. Complete. She doesn't care about this dog at all. That's why she gave it away. Exactly. But then she's like, all right, let's go. He's like, no, I just said we can't go to dinner. She's like, no, we're going to go find Odie. What a date. It's the best second date ever. First the dog show, then find a dog. <laughs> the dog that you brought to the dog show. Perfect. I feel like the dates are going in reverse. I feel like you should find the dog first and then go to a dog show. Well, they went to a dog show first, and now they're doing dog hunting. How's your dating life going, Dave? <laughs> He's so single. It's amazing. <laughs> you got to reverse the order of your dog dates. Everything will work Maybe out. Maybe that's what you should do. You should take them by surprise. Maybe you should start off like right when you meet them. Be like, you want to come inside? And when oh. they say no, just say, okay, I'll wait till Sunday. And then leave it there. That's the move. Then they show up in that red dress and you go, we got to go find my dog. We got to find the dog before the Bigfoot pizza gets cold. That's right. It will never get cold. It's not real pizza. That's true. While all this is happening, Happy Chapman sees the found poster by the old lady, and he's like, hey, that's Odie, the dog that can jump. He'd be great for <laughs> my career. So he goes to the old lady, and he's like, hey, that's Odie. He's my dog. And he takes Odie. And she's like, all right. She's like, oh, can I get an autograph? Sure. Done. I guess this movie has stakes now. <laughs> the bad guy has the dog. Right. And he's not even that mean overall. He's about to get that. I'll give you that. But- so far, he's just been a guy. Who's allergic to cats. Uh-huh. And doesn't like his brother. Also correct. That's it. Who's very impressed by a dog jumping up and down. <laughs> You're right. Low stakes. Immediately, Happy puts Odie on the air with him on his show, because that's what I do when I steal something. I immediately go on TV and televise it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Batman villain move. <laughs> just like flaunting it. Garfield sees Odie on TV. And Happy announces that he and Odie are hitting the road. They're going to New York because he's got the dog, and now it's time for him to become famous by being on a, a real New York TV show. Right. He's like going for like an interview for this thing, like a tryout to be on the Good Morning America show or no, whatever, no, no. Good Morning New York or whatever it is. Not a tryout. They are becoming regular contributors. Right. Regular contributors to Good Day New York. Again, is there no other form of entertainment <laughs> in this universe than dogs jumping up and down? Don't get me wrong. I can watch a dog jump up and down probably for hours. At a point, you draw the line, though. You're just like, I get it. Yeah, like two and a half I hours, I'm going to say. But what if they dress him in lederhosen? <laughs> okay. I mean, you buy yourself hours. another hour, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that's the act. Garfield does actually have a line here that made me laugh when he, they hear that they're going to New York, and he goes, his last name is Schnitzel? <laughs> that I did jumble. like that, too. Yeah. It's still Bill Murray at the end of the day. Garfield tries to show John that Odie's on TV, but when John shows up, it's a Wendy's commercial because product placement. It's like how slow John is to get to the TV. Like your cat is walking 
on its back paws to get to you and is like slapping your face comedically <laughs> to get your attention. You're just like, not now. I'm on the phone. I'm very busy trying to find the, the, Odie. And Garfield's like, he's, he's over here. <laughs> John's such a fucking idiot. Garfield decides that he's going to set out on a mission to rescue the pup himself. But first, Goldfish and the Best Damn Sports Show, period. Forgot it existed. <laughs> Me too. Ugh. Until it came on, and I was like, oh, that's the best damn sports show, period. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this movie. Oh. <laughs> it dates itself How dare so you make hard. me try to care about Tom Arnold? No, thank you. Tom Arnold should get like fifth billing in this movie. Not even that. He could get like the power position of the and Tom Arnold. Ooh. How do you think he got paid? I'm, I'm just assuming like 3,000 like plus Garfield. I'm not Garfield, convinced he knows that he's ball. in this movie. <laughs> no, like, oh, he'll never see it. Just put, the, put it in there. Somebody should tweet out to him. See if he knows. Garfield starts walking to the city, but he decides to take a bus instead because he's a lazy cat. He is. I like how he's like standing at an intersection. He's like, it's just this intersection and then another and then another and then another and then another. Are you laughing yet? Do you get it? Because that's how cities work. It's far away. They're, and I like how you see the city in the deep background, the bus driving around. <laughs> He's under it, I guess. I don't know. Pulling a Cape Fear. <laughs> he already did it with the pickup truck coming back from the, the dog show. He did. So. <laughs> he did. He's going mean, to. Same thing. He's like hunting for an underage person. In this case, it's a dog, I guess. I feel like, like the axle of a car is like a skitching pull to like a cat. I could see that. Sort of like a scratching pole. Yeah. Is that what they're called? A sketching pole? But that's just what skateboarders do when they're cool. And they get on the back of cars and cars don't notice them somehow. I don't know. You could do it in Tony Hawk. Marty McFly also does it back to the future. Multiple times. This all adds up. It does. Garfield's going to the city, in quotes. The city. Because you know it's the city because it's a roadside that says <laughs> the city. <laughs> the city. That's where we're going. Once he gets into the city, Garfield is immediately surrounded by a bunch of rats, led, of course, by Richard Kind and Deborah Jo Rupp. Luckily, Lewis shows up because, you know, he was in the movie earlier. So I know this mouse. And he bails out Garfield. He's like, ah, no, he's with me. And then he's going to lead him to Telegraph Tower. I can't believe that this movie made me care enough to write in my notes. How the hell did this mouse get so far from the house this quickly? He took a bus. I do not buy it, even for a second. <laughs> well, I don't even know how much time has actually passed since the mouse incident. That's a good point. I mean, we know that- There's no time it in was, this movie. It's like three days, it feels like. It feels like Maybe it, but we that. know that he wakes up on a Monday because he hates those. But it's also a cat. He has no concept That's of true. time. And J-Lo Hugh comes over on a Sunday. This is some weird Solomon Grundy shit right here. <laughs> Lewis is going to bring him to Telegraph Tower, but they got to be incognito because we're out of budget for animation. Well, we learned that in the mouse scene when they had to start putting a mouse in front of a green screen. Yep. <laughs> and it was weird. But now they're, they're covered in boxes while they cross the street because we can't animate these animals going across the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> Back at home, John finds that Garfield is missing now, too. So he and Liz, they got to go find both of these animals. But I like how Liz like comes over and she's like, all right, third date. No more missing animals, right? Only the one? No. And John's like, I'm the, I lost both my animals. And now, you're just like a professional animal doctor here. There should be red flags everywhere that this guy is not capable of having pets. She, she should be like, I can't believe I gave you a dying dog. You are so irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario in her head, maybe now she's thinking like, wow, 
that dog's going to die a lot faster than he should have, but get it over <laughs> with at the very least. Well, then at least we can hang out and I don't have to worry about taking care of that dog anymore. I didn't want to do that right, from the could... start. <laughs> can get a new dog with an untwistable stomach. New dogs? Those don't exist here. Or get a, a real cat, not a CGI cat. Are you trying to say that you don't want Wilfred Brimley hanging out in your house, <laughs> just eating all your lasagna? You can never have Italian food because this Wilfred Brimley-looking guy just keeps on eating it all. He's going to keep eating it. Stupid CGI Wilfred Brimley. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to get diabetes. Of course. That was my Wilfred Brimley That was my Wilfred Diabetes. 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 That was better. Closer. Warmer. Diabetes. Garfield makes it to Telegraph Tower. And before Lewis leaves, he's like, hey, watch out for the, the, the cops. <laughs> oh, that's another. I confuse diabetes and cops all the time. Who doesn't? Garfield doesn't want to go through the front door because he had a bad experience with, a, with an intersection and a crosswalk. So he's going to go th- climb through the, the laziest <laughs> cat of all time is going to climb through the ventilation system of this skyscraper. There's a whole thing where like the, the maintenance guys are like, hey, there's something in here blocking it. And then they turn on the vents and it slams him into a wall that forms the shape of the Garfield's face. Right, because they want to like purge the vents or whatever. It's right. like, man, I bet the terrorists wish Nakatomi Plaza had that. Would have saved him a lot of time. Sure would have. There's uh, an IMDb trivia fact that I, I'm not going to read, but it was something like, if a cat actually hit a wall that hard, he would not continue on his journey or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and people actually found it helpful. True. Oh my God. I could like see something on the yeah, that would definitely kill the cat, wouldn't it? All right. <laughs> oh, all right. I've, that's a helpful trivia fact right there. Apparently, that doesn't work because Garfield's still in the vents, and he finds Odie, and then Happy comes in, and he puts on an electroshock collar that makes Odie perform a backflip. Right, and pretty much what Garfield says here is, a shock collar? That's inhumane. It's like the only acted line of this movie. So the shock collar goes on him. It's a shocking turn of events. Because there's a lot of shocks. You should have wrote for this movie. You're and, killing uh, it. That was very good. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of killing it, if a cat went through a metal wall, it would die as well. <laughs> IMDb. I never wished I was a cat so badly. <laughs> Somebody just slammed my face into a ventilation. me into a metal wall. And then apparently yeah. just and my torture. give up on getting whatever's in the vents out because he's still in them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This movie. I yeah. wish it had, like, a, a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so it could shit itself out. This movie is all blockage. It's all blockage. Years and years of lasagna. Imagine you just eat eight boxes of lasagna, and it's just sitting in you, and it's just festering and festering and festering and it's festering. It's like the, your body just forgot how to digest it. It just gave yeah. up. The cat is so lazy <laughs> that its digestive system just decided not to work You know anymore. what? We don't need this like butthole. <laughs> Just close it up. It's just eight boxes of lasagna. It's just you know, I was just thinking there hasn't been enough lasagna in this movie. So luckily, <laughs> oh God, Happy takes Odie. He's going to the train station, and Garfield's like, "I gotta follow him." So of course, he surfs down a staircase. There's an open door. He falls out a window of the skyscraper and lands into a truck of lasagna. Of course, everybody knows the famous lasagna those truck. Famous lasagna delivery trucks. Yes. My note here is, quote, he falls into a lasagna truck. Life is meaningless. <laughs> that checks out. Yep. He goes to continue following them, but he gets caught by animal control and thrown into the pound. Oh, man. Right? Mm. It's like the animal 5 Didn't Lewis warn you about exactly this? 
John and Liz find one of the posters of Odie, and they're like, that's Odie. So they go, and they're like, we're- Let's go to the Gelfs. We're, we're, figure out where he is. We're here to get Odie. And she's like, Odie's not your dog. Odie's the happy Chapman's dog. And they're like, no, he's not. And she's like, well, that's who has him. So they're like, all right, I guess we got to go to I like to how happy. she just like closes the door, just like, oh, well, this isn't on me. <laughs> all right, good luck finding your dog. So John and Liz are going to go to Telegraph Tower. At the Pound, Garfield meets Persnickety who's, of course, voiced by Alan fucking Cumming. Even he doesn't want to be in this movie, and that guy loves attention. He sure does, but here he's like, I'm not even going to tell you what my real name is. Just kidding, it's Phone it Sir Roland. Sir Roland is Happy's cat from the show before he got Odie. Now he's thrown into the pound because Happy's a bad guy. He's like, I got a dog, don't need this cat anymore, go to the pound. <laughs> I like how he just traded animals, now he's a bad guy. <laughs> I, I forgot the word for pounds, so my section of the notes just reads cat jail. Right cat now. jail. I love it. You could have also gone with animal shelter. Could, I certainly could have. I could have gone with a lot of things, Brian. It's just animal control. Yep. It's interesting that Happy knows that this place exists because then he would know he could get a dog from there. But here we are. You know, there might be there might be some logic flaws in that. That was movie. like the biggest plot hole you just opened up. It was amazing. It's like, yeah, it's in a Garfield movie. Who gives a shit? But still, but still well because the the kicker is this: his initial attraction to Odie was the dog can jump, but then he puts a shock collar on the dog Dang, do flips. that makes it jump anyway. So right. literally, you could have gotten any dog. any dog to torture. It's one of those like, let me take this good boy and make him. A better boy, I suppose, using a shock collar. Like, you taught him just one new trick. It's so inhumane, though. Even though you mesmerized an entire crowd with a jumping dog. <laughs> well, Hey Mama isn't always playing, Dave. That's a good point. It's a great point. <laughs> Actually, uh, it, it is always playing in this town. That's true. Sorry, city. No, town? City? Whatever. Call the sack. Call the sack. A family arrives to adopt a cat, and... Uh, they line him up, and Sir Roland, Garfield, and three other cats. And the little girl picks Sir Roland, and then he's like, all right, guys, get ready to run. And he hits the red button and opens all the cages, and all the animals escape and go into the city. The dad actor here, like this little girl, is is an actor, and she's got a dad and a mom. Yeah, I've never seen more arm acting from a man without lines. <laughs> he might as well be like an elementary school like crossing guard. I didn't even the know The way this. his arms go like, Animals everywhere. Whoa. And it happens in every single cut. It's ridiculous. I would have never thought that there'd be animals in the cat jail. Oh. That's called acting. He also calls it a cat jail. <laughs> at Telegraph Tower, a security guard tells John and Liz that Happy's at the train station to go to New York. You know, the way security guards say, hey, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Let me tell you where this person is. <laughs> He also gave them his social security number and listed their top 10 fears and where they hide all their valuables. At the train station. Brian, sorry to interrupt you. The train station is called the train station. (laughs) (laughs) The train station. Just train station. That's it. Train station. Love it. Happy places Odie into the luggage cart and sits down for lunch. And guess what? He hates lasagna. And in case you didn't know that he's the villain of this Garfield movie. Now you do. Now you're like, oh, okay, this is the bad guy. The guy who stole the dog and then zapped him with the shot collar. He hates lasagna, <laughs> so now we know he's bad. It wasn't the dog torture. It was his hatred of a heavy Italian cuisine. Yeah. Right. No. 
That's what did it for me. And I bet he's sitting there like on a Sunday night, just brooding, just like fucking hate weekends. Can't wait till tomorrow. Monday, my favorite day. It's the best day of the <laughs> week. Garfield misses the train by seconds. But John and Liz also arrive at the train station and they're like, hey, we need that train to be stopped. He, somebody kidnapped my cat and dog. And she's like, it's a train. I can't just bring a train back. <laughs> <laughs> but Garfield has snuck into the control room because he knows a thing or two about toy trains. Because in the comics, John Arbuckle, is he, he's got toy trains. But in the movie, sure. he doesn't. But Garfield knows about it because he's he's an omniscient Garfield. He knows what he all the Garfield He does have trains in the know. movie. He, he only did? plays with them with Odie, though. Oh, I don't remember and that. And for like a second. Yeah, for one quick scene to show that there were trains at the house. Oh, I must have blacked out for that second. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> By the way, pretty lax security for a train station in a post-9-11 world where a cat <laughs> can just run in and pull a Mr. Glass by fucking up with all the trains. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> He's slapping all the buttons. And he brings the trains to a stop right before he, you know, crashes all of them together. Yeah, but at that point, it's also train conductor dummies who, like, should see the trains driving at each other. They should. And they should stop it. Like, even on the Isle of Sodor, Thomas the Tank style, they're even going, like, we're stopping. <laughs> like, we're sentient enough to do this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, hey, uh, I'm going to hit the brakes right now because there's a train in front of me coming right for me. But there was that one episode of Thomas the Tank Engine where the, 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 the train was too scared to leave its little home, so they actually just gated him they up. They like, bricked him in, yeah. They did. They bricked him into the tunnel. Yeah, they bricked him in the tunnel. My kids watch Thomas the Tank all the time, and it is dark. They end up crashing yeah. in, in pits and stuff all the time, and they make fun of the other trains when they get back. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> train suicide you is on the You crashed, dummy. This is Wilfred Brimley here to talk to you about train suicide. <laughs> It's a major problem that's getting into all of our rail yards today, and we need to put a stop to it. This is George Carlin here to talk to you. That is not what he sounds wow. like. Wow. <laughs> is that not what he sounds wow. like? Wow. so bad at impressions. Are you trying to tell me that he doesn't sound like a, an elderly New York gentleman? Hey, this is Dave Novak doing George Carlin. <laughs> okay. Well, Whoa, that hey, sounds hey, exactly boys and like girls, me. This is Dave Novak. Uh, this is my impression of uh, George Carlin, huh? Uh-huh. This is Dave Novak, and this is uh-huh, my George Carlin. Okay. I, I, Dave I, Novak. And I'm doing an impression of, of George Carlin. Get to the chopper. Mm-hmm. Hi-ho. Dave Novak here. This is my George Carlin. Yay! Yeah, it's a... Uh, George Carlin, you know, from the from the movies. <laughs> my, my, my precious George Carlin's. Are you happy with yourselves? Do you, you want to try good? another attempt? Oh, man. Do you, feel, you know what? I never want to try anything ever again. <laughs> All I want is a Bigfoot pizza <laughs> and my Nintendo 64, preferably Brian's. And a gilf. And a gilf. <laughs> and I just want to lock myself in my apartment. Now you That's know how I it want. feels every time I have to read one of your emails. <laughs> Dave, can you please do a George Carlin impression right now? Again, another right. attempt. Imagine if he nails it. I hope so. Uh, okay, uh, George Carlin. Nope. Here. All right, that nope. was All a right. good attempt. <laughs> hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle. This is George fucking Carlin. <laughs> Brian, go on with the movie. <laughs> Garfield climbs into the into the luggage cart, and he and he finds. Odie. And he's like, hey, Odie, you're not so bad. You're a dog. I'm a cat. Living together. Pandemonium. The total opposite of what he says in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Mouth hysteria. 
Happy sees Garfield and Odie walking away from the train, and he's like, oh, what's going on here? So he runs out to chase them. He's like, my future is running away. And he's talking about a jumping dog. Yeah. <laughs> he, not talking about the talking cat, but the jumping dog. Exactly. The cat's not talking. Right. Nobody, the the cat, cat's just, nobody hears the cat. Nobody hears the cat. We don't know that. We, we absolutely we have a pretty good that. feeling. We do not know that. John is terrible in this movie, but I have to imagine that he's not hearing anything that's getting said. I am pretty sure they're all understanding what Garfield is saying. They're just ignoring him because they're he's so a bad tired guy. of it. He's a jerk off. I wouldn't listen to that guy either. <laughs> Happy runs out and he chases them to the station's luggage halls where he traps Odie and Garfield behind one suitcase. They just can't jump over <laughs> the jumping dog and the cat can't get over that one suitcase. Everyone's got their limits. We found it. So Happy's like, all right, I'm going to put this shock collar back on, on the dog that was just wearing the shock collar, but now it's in my, in my pocket because continuity. Not important. Even if Garfield had a butthole, they would only would have remembered it for half the scenes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Garfield jumps on Happy to, to rescue Odie, and then, you know, Happy just kind of throws Garfield into some luggage. Luckily, Jimmy Kimmel and all the other pound animals are there to help him. I forgot about that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a major plot point in this movie, but it's out of my brain, as it should be. So all the animals come and corner Happy, and Garfield is like, all right, you do this, and you do this. Rats, get that collar back on, on the, the, this guy, because he's bad. So all the pound animals pile onto Happy, and when he gets up, he's wearing the collar. Right, the inhumane thing that Garfield said. Yep. They've done now to the actual human. Well, we, we live in a society, an inhumane society. <laughs> so we want to go with, all right. What a statement from Peter Hewitt. <laughs> Garfield and Odie finish him off with a couple shocks from the collar, and then John and Liz show up. Because they're searching the luggage area. Well, where else would you look? He's on that train. I, well, let's not look on that train. Let's look over here. <laughs> John punches Happy in the face for stealing his pets. I have to imagine that Happy is totally fine, because Breckenmeyer looks like he's never done a push-up in his life. Yep, and he's looking so Breckenmeyer. <laughs> You know, I could have said that. You're right. (laughs) John promises the animals that he'll never let them out of his sight. And then Happy is arrested, and Garfield is dubbed a hero by the local news, a very brave cat. They go back home. Liz and John do the kiss, and then everybody's going to watch some TV. And Garfield's like, we're all one big happy family. And then he pushes Odie off the chair over and over again. Because it's funny. Because (laughs) when dogs are pushed around, we laugh. (laughs) Right. Naturally. The film closes with Garfield singing and dancing to James Brown's I Feel Good. For a long time. Kids movies. You got to end with a dancing cat. I suppose so. The Cinemacats.com final musing. Garfield's <laughs> animated. prepared for this. Oh, yeah. Garfield's animated specials and TV shows were great. This movie, not so much. They are never that hard on anything. No, they're not. They were very mad. They love all things cats. They were extremely mad that the um, the neighborhood cats were recast from their appropriate breeds. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? Your congressman. Arlene wasn't pink, so they were like, nope, this isn't accurate. <laughs> Nermal's a Siamese. What are you guys doing over there? I think we can all agree this is not a good movie. Oh, man. I was ready to say tens all across the board. Yeah, not not great. I mean, when the movie was over on Amazon Prime, it said, next up, Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> yeah. And my God. Yeah, you earned yourself a, a callback for that one, big guy. Sorry. Yeah, you shouldn't have said the name. You know who's going to watch that? Me and my good friend, George Collin. <laughs>
There's a couple words you can't say on television. And one of them is lasagna. <laughs> it's a different movie. Strangely more entertaining Very than this different. thing, because this thing is not good. No. This is not my favorite. No, this was a challenge to get through. It was. Watching it and talking about it. I had to do it this twice. This was a long, long 82 minutes. I completely agree 100%. I kept pausing this thing to see... Like how far I had gotten as like a personal challenge, and it was like not moving at all. Yeah, well, I remember when before I started it because I watched it on Disney Plus. They have the little the little blurb about it. It was like when Odie goes missing, Garfield's got to go on an adventure. And I remember like I felt like I've been watching the movie for an entire hour. I'm like, Odie's not even in the movie yet. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> this movie doesn't care. Doesn't care about anything. Just for a test, I watched this movie today with the family dog, Lola, and she slept through the entire thing. And I was never more jealous of a dog in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And just to show you her general interest in movies, the podcasters won't see this, but uh, you guys will. This is her watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 today. She loves it. She absolutely loves it. She was watching that shit. She did not care for Garfield. Let's talk about other people who didn't care about Garfield. Rotten Tomatoes, 1-100. Dave, go first. Uh, 12. I was going to say 10. Dave wins. It's 15%. Oh. Wow, that is 15 too high. The audience score is 37%. What? And that's weird because this movie sucked all the dicks on its way through the parking lot. <laughs> Roger Ebert did see this movie. Why? And hold on to your butts. No. He gave it three out of four stars. Roger Ebert. Uh, the same Roger Ebert? Roger Ebert. Three out of four stars. He says... Yep, this is Garfield, all right. Garfield the movie captures the elusive charm of the most egotistical character on the funny pages and drops him into a story that allows him to bask in his character flaws. That Garfield is revealed to be brave and conscientious. After all, will not surprise anyone, although it might embarrass him. And he was talking about Garfield the movie. The movie! I'm so disappointed in the Ebs. He goes on to say... I don't know who had the idea that Bill Murray would be the right actor to do Garfield's voice, but the casting is inspired. Oh, no. Murray's voiceover work finds the right balance for Garfield between smugness and uncertainty, between affection and detachment, between jealousy and a grudging ability to see the other point of view. I hate all of this. All of this. He finishes by saying, in a film mostly involved with plot, what? It wasn't. It fucking wasn't, what? Roger. <laughs> what plot is in this movie? The movie doesn't start like, until like 60 minutes in. There are two scenes that are irrelevant but charming. In one of them, Garfield and Odie perform in a sort of music video. And in the other, at the end, Garfield has a solo singing, I feel good and dancing along. Oh, and John and Dr. Liz fall in love, although Garfield is no doubt confident he will remain the center of their attention. To which I can say, he won't and he's not. Because they already showed that he lost the bed to Odie. Exactly. Like, it's done. That's the whole point of this movie, Roger. He's already second tier. You bring in Liz, he's got to go down to third. Did Roger Ebert, and how can I put this lightly, did he do drugs? Because I could see this like being slightly enjoyable on certain drugs. What drugs? Yeah. Mushrooms to begin okay. with. I'm going to start taking drugs so that cat has a butthole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I had a George Carlin. every time I said that, I'd have 30 cents. Oh, um, yeah, I would say mushrooms. If you're going to, uh, I'm not encouraging anybody to watch this movie on mushrooms, <laughs> but if you want to watch this movie on mushrooms, please write into the kickpodcasters <laughs> at gmail.com and let us know what your experience was like. I would like. certainly not recommend watching this movie without mushrooms. 
That's fair. That's oh, very good line yeah. to draw there, actually. Mm-hmm. On Amazon.com, this movie has way too many reviews. Oh, no. 3,100. Oh, my God. But what's more disturbing than that, it has four and a half out of five stars. What? 76% are five star, 3% are one star. So from March 21st, 2016, that was awful. And Arlene looked more like normal. And normal was a Siamese full-grown cat. Why did they make Garfield CGI and not the rest of the animals? (laughs) Continuity counts. The plot is overly simplistic for the length of this movie. Garfield sleeps like a people. In the comic, (laughs) he sleeps like a cat. John can't hear him, and John never gets a happy ending in the comics. So what was this even? (laughs) What was this even? Happy John. You got Garfield walking around like a cat instead of a human and sleeping like a human instead of a cat. Instead of a people. That's right, a people. Wow. From May 23rd, 2018, this is a story about a thick cat. <laughs> How many C's? Please tell me. It's T-H-I-C-C. Sure is. Oh, oh By the name of Garfield. <laughs> his main goal of the entire film is to get his lasagna, but is it's a not. pesky owner, Johnny Test, won't let him have it, or something IDK I haven't seen <laughs> the film since it first came out. I love it. I love it. <laughs> So since this movie was so highly reviewed on Amazon, I said, I got to go to Letterboxd. Naturally. And yeah, the theme continues of people giving five-star reviews to this movie. A lot of them said, now this is fucking cinema. Oh, no. Which, yeah, it's said in jest. I get that. But dear God. Even joking. There are so many reviews for this movie. (laughs) So from April 29th, 2018, this guy's review is, my Garfield the movie theater experience is my favorite story of all time to tell. And then he goes on to tell it. He says, picture it. Me, eight years old, going to the movie theater with my family member I don't usually spend alone time with. I'm scared and awkward, <laughs> but weak as fuck for Garfield. So I agree to go. <laughs> we get to the theater. I get snacks and everything. What could possibly go wrong? Perfect seats? Nearly empty theater? A baby film fan's dream? I'm laughing and loving life. Then, a weird sound behind me. I try to ignore it. Sound gets louder and louder. The few people in the theater begin to notice. People start to get up. The person I'm with gets up too. I'm annoyed. Someone had a heart attack in that theater. (laughs) People surround her. 911 is called. Ambulance arrives. Movie continues. Lights turn on. I'm pissed. Can't I just have a nice time with my good old buddy Garf? She's taken away. Lights dim again. Applause. I'm finally happy. The movie is so good, I die for it. Somebody beat me to it. I cry every time. <laughs> oh, my God. That was more enthralling than the Garfield movie. Yeah. I love the thought of someone dying of a heart attack in a movie theater while the movie Garfield is not stopping. Oh, my screen. God. <laughs> if you had to die in a movie theater, Garfield would not be the movie that I would want on. No. F- no, definitely no, no, not. No, no, no. Absolutely. Although not. it would make the movie end sooner. It would. Ooh, at that point. point, you have to be jealous. You're right. <laughs> good point. From March 16th, 2020, it's okay to leave Garfield in a hot car. <laughs> <laughs> From June 17th, 2019, Jennifer Love Hewitt dresses like a labia for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Oh, no. 
from June 9th, 2021. Someone condensed the entire movie into a GIF file, and you can watch the entire Garfield movie in 50 seconds, and it's fucking amazing, and you <laughs> absolutely can. And we will post the link. Oh, I'm super excited for that. The movie goes by so fast, and as it was going by, I'm watching this minute worth of Garfield, and I paused it at 14 seconds saying, surely this must be over soon. So even the one minute is long. (laughs) And the last one that I have is from March 1st, 2021. Literally the exact plot of Toy Story. Which is funny because the writers were also writers on Toy Story. How about that? Wow, I would have never picked that up, but they're right. And on that bombshell, let's give this thing a super stuff score. Story and motivation. One. Garfield Zero. wants a lasagna. Gar- he, he wasn't. Get, and he gets that lasagna truck, actually. Gets, I think about yeah, it. but yeah. that wasn't really his goal. I've never seen a character want... No, that's exactly his goal. He wants lasagna. One. Next. <laughs> Let's get this the highest rating. his goal is in this movie, because his goal is that he just wants to be left alone, then he's not, and then, and then he has and to then he does friend, yeah. which is just strange. So zero? Zero? I like zero. This movie barely has a plot. 0.25. For what? You know what? This is going to be the hill he dies on. Fine. No, you know what? All right. Zero. Zero. (laughs) Zero. zero, I have a better hill to die on later. The guest is allowed to have one that they die on. And that's not going to be it. Fair enough. That is fair. Hero. (laughs) It's Garfield, Garfield. I suppose. It is. It's it's Bill Murray. Zero. This is the worst Bill Murray that there is. It is. Incoming message from the Big Giant Web. Oh my God, it's been so long. Big Giant Web is a podcast within a podcast where we explore the dark corners of the internet for stories that are fringe comic book related. Uh, Today we're talking about Bill Murray and all of the various stories associated with the man. He's become something of a legend and it all started with this story about how in Times Square one day, some guy was getting French fries at at a McDonald's and he walked out and as he was walking out, he saw a stranger's hand stealing one of his fries. And he turned to catch the thief red-handed, and he realized that it was Bill Murray. And before he could even say anything, <laughs> Bill Murray was like, no one will ever believe you, and then disappeared into the crowd. Bill Murray has done that many a time, because I know people who have had Bill Murray put their hands over their eyes, like coming up behind you, like a peekaboo type yeah. thing. And when they turn around, it's Bill Murray, because no one's ever going to believe you. The, and then he just walks away. He loves that line. And he has, there's so many, great bit. so many stories on the internet about things that Bill Murray has done. Like he showed up at a bachelor party and gave a speech to the other attendants, not the groom, just everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know how funerals are actually for the living, not the dead. Bachelor parties are for the uncommitted, not the groom. And he's like, and if you think you find the one, Travel the world, go to places that are difficult to get to, difficult to leave, and if when you get back home, if you still love the person, just get married in the airport. <laughs> Amazing, wow. He's so good. Good advice. There's a story about him uh, impromptu bartending at uh, South by Southwest, and no matter what anybody ordered, he would just give them a shot of tequila. Beautiful, there's perfect. Tons of stories of of Bill Murray shenanigans on the internet, and there's actually a website you can go to. I believe it's BillMurrayStory.com. Is it? Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. It's a whole collection. There you go. You got more Bill Murray in your life. Which you could skip watching Garfield after this movie. Do you want it. more? Yeah. <laughs> I need a break. I do need a break from him. I yeah. agree. So we're saying zero for hero? Yep. Next up is villains. Is it happy? It, it must be, right? He hates lasagna. I get that. That makes him the villain in my book. But he created that magical technology that makes dogs backflip. Maybe the real villain in this is just cat obesity. <laughs> the real villain is the <laughs> friends we made along the way. <laughs> Along the way, <laughs> I'm still gonna go zero. I agree. 
The stakes yeah, in this movie could not be lower. Can't really argue with that. Parents? Teamwork? Teamwork? Uh, I would guess parents. It's a zero either, either way. Either way. It's a zero either Big way. Big fat zero. Female characters. You got Liz? Yep. And that's it. I am going to suggest a negative one on this one, and I will tell you why. At the end of this movie, Breckenmeyer has a quote to Jennifer Love Hewitt or J. Lo Hewitt, whatever <laughs> we're calling her. He says, quote, I couldn't have done this without you. And my first thought was, yes, yes, you could have. <laughs> she <laughs> absolutely could have. A little, she, except for delivering a dog in the beginning of this, she contributed nothing. I like Jennifer Love Hewitt. I wish she had a bigger role in this. I'm a fan. This is a negative one. She is just there for all the dads in the movie theater. That checks out. Balance out that, that guilt energy that Mrs. Becker yeah. was throwing off. Oh, Ooh. second named I'm, woman. I'm okay with a <laughs> negative one. I'm okay. Negative one. I agree. I agree. I don't think it passes the Bechtel test either. It absolutely does not. No. Or the Garfield test. They always talk about Garfield. Always. That's right. <laughs> it always comes back. Can we introduce that to your other movies too? I think they'd all pass. Hey, it passes the Garfield test. Setting. Oh, boy. The city. The cul-de-sac and oh, the, the city. <laughs> and train city. station. It is a zero easily. This cul-de-sac is not a cul-de-sac. It's not. It's a road. Also, when does this take place? <laughs> There's still a milkman? There is still a milkman, yes. Um, yeah, definitely a zero. Zero, for sure. Style and tone. This is some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Yeah, I get we're only 10 years removed from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I get that. It had twice as much CGI footage as uh, as Gollum. <laughs> oh, oh no. God! I just why why wouldn't they just animate the cat? Like just make it a just, just make, make it a, it a cartoon. cartoon. Cat. Make all the make all the animals cartoons. Just make the whole movie a cartoon. Might as well just make the whole like movie a cartoon. Garfield and Friends come to life because you want to know why? We're we're ready ready to party. Party! I like that. We're ready to party. party. We're ready. ready. You don't remember this? I don't remember it. I, it I sounds... You eat lots of spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's coming back to me, though, and I'm loving it. It's actually a very good nostalgia trip. So this is a zero. The, it's it's a definitely zero. a zero, especially because there was Had a song. Had it the nostalgia trip, golden. It did not. They didn't use the song. They instead opted for... Well, let's, let's wait. Music. Christoph Beck. Christoph Beck has that one scene. Yep. Uh, and then other than that, it's all it's the Hey Mama Fest. Yeah, so I'm going to go with a minus 0.25 for Black Eyed Peas and a uh, plus 0.25 for Christoph Beck. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. So zero. That so zero. One-liners. There are no one-liners in there. They do like the greatest hits right off the bat of the I Hate Mondays lasagna. lasagna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one line in this when they were in cat jail. Where Garfield realizes he's friends with Odie, and he says, "Guard, may I please have some shoelaces?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! That's a dark that line for a kids' movie. Oh my god. Oh, uh, I'm still gonna go zero, despite zero. The yeah, you're right. Zero is the still way to go. Zero. You could have used a a rock hammer and gotten out of there in ten years. It's true. Andy Garfield. <laughs> get busy living. <laughs> Better movie. Or get busy catting. <laughs> he hit that rock hammer up his. Lack of butthole for 10 years. <laughs> Andy Garfield. I'm going to say that this podcast will break the record for the word butthole being spoken. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Impact on the genre. It got a sequel. It did. And that's ridiculous. Hey, I have an actual Wikipedia fact for you. Is it the fact that Jim Davis's net worth is $800 million? No, that's amazing. Holy shit. Yeah, the guy's done a comic strip of Garfield. 
since 1978, it's syndicated in like 2,000 plus papers. So it's read millions of times every day. $800 million for drawing a cat who loves lasagna. Good for him. Hates Mondays. And then they made movies. Why would you care if you're Jim Davis at this point? I don't think you would. Like you're you're Scrooge McDucking through your cash there in your basement, probably. (laughs) He doesn't give a shit how this thing turns out. Like he's done. Can I read my Wikipedia fact? Yes, please. It's not from IMDb, so it might be. It's not. According to the DVD commentary (laughs) for Garfield the movie, Peter Hewitt had expressed interest in directing a Garfield sequel. Hewitt later became attached to direct the 2006 movie Zoom. And so he became unavailable to direct the Garfield sequel, which was instead directed by Tim Hill. This is ironic because Peter Hewitt is British and Tim Hill is American. And the Garfield sequel took place in Hewitt's native country of England. Okay. Yeah, there was a Mm. trivia fact on Peter Hewitt's Wikipedia page. I'm going to go with a 0.25 for impact on the genre. I think that's fair. Here's the thing. This movie, guess how much it made worldwide gross? I'm going to say somewhere around 200 million. Well, Brian, you would hit that almost close to it, $203 million. Really? Yeah, well, you prepared the fact sheet, so you should know. <laughs> I'm not, I did not do any research for this fucking movie. That was all you. I, I think you got to go 0.5. This thing sucked, but apparently enough people saw it around the world to make a sequel that $200 million. $200 million. Most movies we would call that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but this thing only had a $50 million budget. You know what? I'm I'm okay going point five. I can't believe it. I yeah. guess fine. we'll allow it. That is going. Um, I don't want to talk about Garfield anymore. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's going to give Garfield the movie a final score of negative point five. Nailed it. It's the most yeah. perfect that's ever happened. Like, is it a zero worthy? No, it's definitely worse than it's that. It's not much worse. Definitely than that. worse than that. Yeah. But it's not Spawn bad. No, nothing is Spawn or bad. Cat. Well, Catwoman bad. Oh, that's right. Also, yeah. Who was the guest that you had on for Spawn, guys? Who was that guy? I don't know. Some guy. George Carlin. <laughs> well, you know the thing about Spawn. There's seven words that you can't say in hell. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about RoboCop. Hell yes. Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> Garfield this week, RoboCop. Fuck you. Keep fuck you. writing fuck your you. emails there, uh, big guy. I will write an angry email. Fucking... I, I could have watched RoboCop shoot some guy in a dick next week, but no, I got to watch Garfield and his lack of a butthole. Fuck both of you. I, how did I know that that was going to be the reaction? Ahoy, hoy, oh. dickhead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wanted to sow, not to reap. Until then, thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow us on. Subscribers get, get little treats here and there. Last week, we dropped... Jaws, randomly, on the weekend. It wasn't that random. We told you about it for three weeks straight. (laughs) We sure did. (laughs) So, you know, subscribe. Could have been on Jaws. Could have been on Robocop. (laughs) You got Garfield, and you should be happy with it. I got Garfield. Eat your Garfield and be happy you get that. Be sure to like and follow us on social media, at Kate Podcasters. We're on all of them. You can find links to those on katepodcasters.com, our website. Speaking of Jaws... Sign up for that Patreon, because next up on Patreon is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Goddamn right it is. We had so much. Can't wait for that. So one. much fun with Jaws, and I have a feeling that one's going to be right in the same area. Oh, absolutely. They both sound like fun. Yeah, they were a blast. You should have been there. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I uh, subscribe to Patreon, so I will listen. Oh, goody. Oh, good. <laughs> 
Another good news we have about Patreon is everything that we make on Patreon in the month of October is going to be going to the Extra Life Foundation. So that's a it's a good cause. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Let's get on the Patreon, listen to some fun episodes, and and make some money for some some kids. That's the goal. We want to give you guys all the content we have. I'm not not going to say that there might not be a surprise episode coming in October that we're not going to announce at all. I'm not going to say right. that because out loud with my mouth. That would be a silly thing to say if, if such a thing were true. Right. There just might be a a, a, a proper surprise. So there might not be. But there also might not be. Right. But there might That's be. That's what might means. Exactly. So to find out what that's going to be, subscribe. Patreon.com slash podcasters for as little as $1 a month. You get all the goods. All the goods. And it's going to a good cause. Exactly. If you have anything you want us to talk about or you have any questions to ask us, you can hit us up at kpodcasters.gmail.com or if you're following us on the Facebook, we post before every episode we record uh, uh, posts like, hey, we're watching this. We're talking about this. Do you have any questions or comments? We got a few. Phil Hawkins wants to know which Garfield is your favorite Garfield. He asked, do you prefer the sleek, thin versions of the 2000s or do you like the original version with the jowls of Winston Churchill? <laughs> oh. Give me them Winston Churchill. I'm, I'm a Churchill Garfield guy for sure. I'm not. I'm kind of like I'm the '90s. I'm the the Garfield and Friends version. That's my I'm Garfield. Svelte Garfield. <laughs> Svelteish, no. I guess. I want my Garfield <laughs> to make me feel better about Nazi bombings and giving speeches and say, you know, the thing about the Nazis is this. <laughs> Can I Carl? change my answer is there too? <laughs> All right, so I guess we're kind of in agreement there. Of no one likes the modern Garfield, if nothing else. <laughs> Definitely not movie Garfield. I put out a question also, asking for questions about either the movie, the show, or for the Ginger Skull. Ooh. Oh, no. And we have a few questions for the Ginger Skull. Oh, that's exciting. I wish I knew I would have prepared one. Micah wants to know, same question as last time, but this time, why? So, why is the Ginger Skull? Because you guys could have had me on for RoboCop. That's why I'm the Ginger Skull. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. Yeah. It explains why he's so angry all the time. Ahoy, hoy. So angry. (laughs) Mean the Legion of Skulls. Don't not a thing. Coin that. Still not a thing. Not a totally thing. They it's don't totally exist. Thing. If you guys want to buy a Legion of Skull t-shirt, it's available on the capepodcasters.com. Son of a bitch. All right. And 10% of proceeds will go towards Extra Life. <laughs> if it's going on our, our store and Brian has to design it, 100% of proceeds, Extra Life. Oh, 100%. You know what? On top of that, everything on our store, month of October, Extra Life. 100% of proceeds, everything. I'm going to buy myself my own t-shirt and a couple mugs. I like mugs. There's no joke. I just like mugs. So, you know, get get over to the Super Stuff store and and help us raise some money for the kids. And, you know, <laughs> maybe wear something with the ginger skull on it. Possibly. We'll see. Mm-hmm. One more question for the ginger skull. It's from Jeff Miners. He says, I have but one question for you. You claim to be the Cape Podcaster villain. So my question is, did you touch another man's rhubarb? Oh. Well, first off, Jeff Miners, if your last name was Majors, maybe I would <laughs> contemplate answering your question. But until then, until you decide to promote yourself from minor to major, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'll have any man's rhubarb. Thank oh, you very much. Never touch, never touch another man's rhubarb. I will touch every other man's rhubarb. Oh, God, he really is the villain of all villains. Isn't there it he? is. I don't really even know what rhubarb is. Is it a soap? I think it's a soap. Do you think people yeah, are we'll eating strawberry soap it, pies? Like, <laughs> have you seen some of the soap stores? They There's look an delicious. entire episode dedicated to a work bus that's driving to get soap. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. 
oh, you're a special kind of idiot, and I love you. And I thank oh, you I... so much for being on this episode yes. for Garfield. <laughs> thank you for having me, guys. This was lovely. It's... I can't wait to talk part. RoboCop next week. It's going to be uh, amazing. I'm very excited. David Ginger School, always a pleasure. Yeah. Sure. To a point. Yeah. Always a pleasure. When you're in person, your emails, <laughs> they could be shorter. Guess who's getting a lengthy email for RoboCop? I like you're like a podcast Karen. This is terrific. I will speak to both of your managers. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for RoboCop without Ginger Skull himself. Same pod time. Same pod. George Collin. George Collin.